This is episode number 55 with the co-founder of Mission Matters, Adam Torres. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at g. Chapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. All right, everyone, buckle up. My guest today is an absolute powerhouse, Adam Torres. Adam's the co-founder of Mission Matters, a media, PR, marketing, and publishing agency dedicated to the needs of business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. Adam's been an international speaker, and he's the author of multiple, multiple books on business and investing. And in addition to that, Adam hosts not one, but nine different podcasts under the Mission Matters brand. He goes into a little more detail about that in the episode, but when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to publishing, and ultimately when it comes to creating a brand, Adam knows what he's talking about, and he's done exactly that through Mission Matters. In addition to that, he's got an amazing platform that he's created at Mission Matters where he you know, shares this platform with so many other entrepreneurs and business professionals so that they have a place to come and tell their story. 
I had the pleasure of being featured on Adam's podcast uh, several weeks ago, or several weeks ago prior to the recording of this, and uh, shortly into the conversation knew I had to get Adam on on my show to let him tell his story, uh, and, and his story is fantastic, and I know it's going to bring so much value to you there in the audience listening in. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with Adam Torres. For those that may not be familiar with you, give us kind of a quick overview, you know, who you are, what is Mission Matters, what are you working on today? And then I'd love to hear some of the story of, you know, how you've built Mission Matters into what it is today. All right. So uh, first thing, Wes, um, I'll just have to say this. Sometimes I get a lot of credit for the things that are done, but our team is awesome. Have a phenomenal team. My editors, the uh, producers I work with, I mean, some of them have been with us since day one, since the very first episode was recorded, which, wow. by the way, we're recording this today. I believe it's the 19th or the maybe it's the 20th now. Our 20th, yeah. 20th. Our three-year anniversary was May 18th. I don't right. celebrate my own birthday anymore. I only celebrate, <laughs> the, I celebrate the podcast birthday. So May 18th. I love it. Three-year. I love it. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, so the short on what we do. So missionmatters.com is a platform really to showcase and amplify the stories of um, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. So really straightforward what we do. Yeah. Um, I host eight different shows. Um, I host, um, they're all segmented for different audience. So just sure. for example, we have a money show, obviously, which you, what are you going to learn there about money? That's right. A business show. That's a general business show. We have a show on marketing. What are you going to learn there? Marketing. So um, eight different shows, all niched out for different audiences, for different tastes. Um, we bring on different types of guests. Yep. Uh, to date, I'm almost at fourth thousand interviews so three-year anniversary four thousand interviews and uh like i i like to say uh we're just getting started with this thing and, and here i was i thought i was big stuff when my 100th episode went out a couple weeks ago so uh I, i've got on, a ways congratulations <laughs> episodes a big deal like yeah. one podcast we produce a lot of shows and you know a lot of people don't make it to 100 so that's a big big deal so congrats yeah thank you i i think i've been doing it out of sheer stubbornness because uh there were definitely some people that that I think we're counting on me uh, throwing in the the towel, you know, well before now. So, uh, and I have a lot of fun with it. I get to, you know, meet with great people like yourself and, uh, and I learn a lot doing it. So, but I mean, 4,000 episodes, that's, that's like more than Joe Rogan has out. Right. And he, he puts out like six episodes a week or something like that. Um, So, and I like how you do have them segmented because when I first got familiar with your platform, you know, it was great to be able to go in and kind of listen to, to different podcasts that you've recorded and, and and kind of almost go by, you know, like topic like you just described. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. So as you said, you've had your just had your three year anniversary for the podcast, but you, you've got a little bit more than just podcasting going on at Mission Matters as well. So um, what what else does does Mission Matters kind of, uh, you know, incorporate into to the platform? So uh, as you can imagine, after recording that many episodes, uh, a lot of times when I'd be doing an interview, we get follow-up information of people that wanted to launch podcasts. So they're like, Adam, can you help us launch a podcast? And I'm like, no, I can't help you launch a (laughs) podcast. I already have eight of my own. No. Um, And we just kept getting asked and asked over and over again. And after a while, I talked to uh, the other co-founder here, Shirag Sagar, and I'm like, you know, Shirag, 
I think we should help people launch podcasts because, uh, and I'll take credit for this idea, by the way, he has a lot of other ideas. This one was mine though. I'm like, we got, there you go. Here. we got editors. We have the bandwidth. Let's just start by helping one person. Like we don't have to make this complicated, which sure. no offense to um, anybody that's watching this, that makes things complicated, but I'm the type of person that wants the low hanging fruit. I'm like, let's start with one and see if it's a part of our business or it makes sense. Let's not go back, create a business plan, integrate mm. in our model, do all this other stuff. Let's just help one person and see what happens. Yeah. So we helped one person, then we helped another, then we helped another. And now we're a full service agency, um, um, obviously launching podcasts, but we also do PR, getting people on things like Yahoo and Fox and mm-hmm. CBS, all those kind of things. And really it all just fits in our niche of amplifying stories for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love what you're doing. I think it's an amazing mission um, and uh, definitely a, a big fan and, and uh, you know, hope to, to see continued success for you. But and I definitely want to dive way deeper into to everything that you're doing there at Mission Matters and and really a little bit more about how you're helping all of the different entrepreneurs and professionals that you work with. But, you know, before we do that, I'm interested to know, like, how did how did you get into this? What were you doing before Mission Matters? Have you always kind of been on on this entrepreneurial journey, or, or what is what does that look like? You know, prior to Mission Matters. So I wouldn't say uh, it's how did you get into it. It's how did I get sucked in, Wes? Right? How did I, <laughs> I sign up for this pain? Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> AKA the entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> yeah, the roller coaster, man. It's the roller coaster. Absolutely. Uh, so no, my background is actually very, um, it's pretty traditional. So I, I had almost 14 years uh, working in finance prior mm-hmm. to um, making the transition. So I was one of those people. I started when I was 16 working at my first um, financial firm, um, Raymond James and Associates in yeah. the IRA department. Sure. You know, I was in that business for a long time. And as I, as I was getting, you know, a little bit more mature in my career, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, you know, being a financial advisor and managing money, um, I should own the firm. Like I might as well own the firm. I'm going to be doing this forever. So I went out on my own and uh, I, I started my own firm. And, uh, and at, during that time is when I learned the power of story. So just to be clear, mm. I didn't books, all these other things, even podcasting, all this, I didn't pay attention to any of it. I'm like, ah, oh, why do I want to do a podcast? Why do I want to write a book? Like when I got out there as an entrepreneur though, I immediately saw the value of that because, um, for example, I was we had an open platform, so I could sell a portfolio for Goldman Sachs and sell and place their products, right? Mm. So that wasn't a big deal, like brand or name recognition. What was a big deal, though, was getting people to trust me, understanding it's my firm and that I'm not under this big, huge, you know, $3 trillion firm. I'm not under their banner anymore. Now I'm under my banner. Sure. So and then what happens when you, when, you, when you cross that line as an entrepreneur is you understand the value of story and that people want to connect with you and they really want to know who they're doing business with. Mm -hmm. Um, So really that kind of set me on the path of being an entrepreneur. And um, that was really my first bout was uh, leaving the firm I was working for and starting my own. Okay. So, so your, your first kind of, you know, jump into entrepreneurship was, was in an industry that you had quite a bit of experience in. And, and from what I understand and from what I've read, I mean, you were, you really became you know, a, a pretty well-recognized name within the financial services industry. I mean, uh, you had a voice and, and people were listening. So, you know, what then drove you to, to make the transition into to walking away from financial services? 
where you were, I'm, I'm sure, fairly comfortable because that's where you'd spent most of your career. You know, you were clearly successful uh, in what you were doing and, and you had your own firm. So, so what then was kind of the driving motivation, I guess, to, to start what is now Mission Matters? And, and, and was it a planned out or is this really just something that kind of, you know, evolved over time? So uh, first thing for everybody that uh, is watching this, uh, if you haven't read that book, E-Myth, I think that's how you say it, um, E-Myth, yeah. Michael Gerber, yeah. um, I'll just say first off, it, I was a great employee for financial services firms, but I was not a great operator for a financial service book. And if you don't know what that means or why that's not um, and why, how important that is and why that's important, read that book. Number one, I wish I, if I'd have read that book um, uh, before I started that firm, it would have probably saved me seven figures. So just no to be really clear. So no I wasn't doubt. a great operator. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I knew how I wanted to do it. But ultimately, I'd been in that business working for other companies so long that I was not thinking properly. So while the business was growing and kind of sputtering along, it wasn't anything spectacular. So when I made this transition to media, really, it was it was like I was thinking about, okay, my age, number one, um, if I'm going to enter or do something that maybe has this hockey stick effect where there's going to be some growth and then possibly explosion, like, mm -hmm. can I logically look myself in the mirror and say that at that financial firm or any financial firm, that was going to be my path? The answer to that question was no. Mm -hmm. So during the same time, um, we'd st I'd, I'd done quite a bit of branding and I was just, I just had maybe a knack for it. I had my first self-published book and uh, it kind of took off, which was very, um, very surprising for me. Like, just to be honest, I didn't have any experience. The cover is terrible. The graphic <laughs> design is terrible. The book there, it's my writing. Don't get me wrong. So the book and the content's good, but if you were judging a book by its cover, you wouldn't have picked up that book. <laughs> and I, I leave it on, by the way, Wes, I leave it on Amazon just so that people can see it. And I, and now we're, we're a full publishing company. I've published over 150 people in the last four years. So we wow. publish books professionally now, Right. I leave that my little ugly duckling up there just as a <laughs> testament that really anybody can do it and if you're thinking about writing a book or doing something i don't care if you hire a professional if you don't whatever you choose to do like get that story out there so it all started with the book love um, it the book gained traction all of a sudden i'm i'm on stages getting paid to speak and i do a i do a keynote at my alma mater so michigan state i'm like wow graduations i'm like doing all these things i'm on a speaking tour in china and i'm like wow this is you know, this is all pretty cool stuff. And people are just coming to me and no offense to my financial advisory skills. But last I recall, that's a lot of cold calling, a lot of a lot knocking of... in doors to get clients. Like nobody's like, hey, Adam, rushing to my door. Will you come and help me? Right. Prospecting um, business for sure. When it came to the uh, to books and to the podcast, it was the complete opposite. I we had a, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, I can't claim I had the foresight of having, you know, of doing four thousand episodes in four years and the demand only growing. So we mm -hmm. got um, a little over a thousand applications to be on the show last month. So the, the wow. demand is only growing. Um, but I didn't have that foresight. All I did really was I just didn't want to tell people no. I'm like, you know, you know, this is a good guy. Like I want, I'm sure I want them to come on the show. And before you know it, I'm cranking out, you know, 70, 80 interviews a week. And I'm like, okay, we have to like really get serious about this media business yeah. um, or I have to get serious about it. And that was where the determination came out. I didn't really have time to work with my clients the way I wanted to. So I ultimately mm -hmm. um, decided to exit that business and go full time in media where I've been now going on five years. 
Okay, great. Uh, so I love that story. And, and one thing I've got to ask you before we move on is the, the first book that you wrote, you still have it up on Amazon. Do you still sell a copy here and there or, or is it pretty much just, uh, just sitting there on the shelf, if you will? Oh no, we sell books, man. Uh, our, our, our platform grows and there's a, I guess, I guess there's a, a, another lesson there is everything that you're doing, including for example, this, this episode that we're recording today, Wes, that's your IP, your intellectual property. If you don't know the value of that or what that means or the long tail effect of that, um, that's another discussion another day, but you definitely want to get to know that, but I'll give you the really short of it. Think about it this way. Apple is a company is, you know, you had to have their products, right? Mm -hmm. Apple, just that logo, the brand, the packaging, the patents they have, all those things, um, the trademarks, that's worth billions and billions of dollars when it comes to their IP. So to answer your question, another way we sell books, we own the IP on that. And um, sometimes the revenue is bigger, sometimes it's lower, but it's, it's something that I did once and I'll continue to get paid for. My kids will get paid on that book. I love it, man. That's so cool. So uh, something you brought up, and, and I kind of chuckled when you mentioned the e-myth, because my, my loyal listeners probably get sick of hearing me talk about the e-myth, because it's, it's for me, been one of those, you know, just, I mean, probably the most instrumental book that, that I've read that's helped me in my journey. You know, as you know, I have a consulting business. I help people, you know, explore franchising and see if that's a good fit for them to, to get into entrepreneurship. I send a copy of the e-myth to every person I work with that goes on uh, to start a franchise business because I think it, it should be required reading for any entrepreneur. I try to read it at least once a year, but if there's one book that has come up more than any others from talking to guests on the podcast, it's by far been the e-myth. But, you know, so you, you mentioned, you know, you wish you would have read that when you were starting your, your financial services firm, and it probably would have saved you a lot of time, a lot of money, probably a lot of headaches as well. And you said you, you, you weren't a great operator. So now you've clearly become a better operator because what you've built at Mission Matters and, you know, you've talked a little bit about the number of podcast episodes you're putting out, the books that you're publishing, the other media you're doing, the PR work. I mean, it, it, it's a machine, right? So mm -hmm. how did you make that transition from not being, you know, maybe that strong of an operator to being able to build what you've built here? And I know you've already given your team a lot of credit and, and I know that plays a huge role in it, but but someone's got to lead every team, right? So, so what would you credit that, that kind of transition to a stronger operator to? Well, I guess one, um, one little nuance, just to kind of correct your, the way you're framing this is, okay. um, it's not that I was a bad operator, period. It's that I was a bad operator in the financial services business because okay. I'd already been in it so long. So that's a very uh. nuanced element that Michael Gerber talks about in there. So it's not saying that you can't do it. It's saying that why he put, he brings up a point in there and it's been a long time since I read it, but he brings up a point and like, why do you see people sometimes succeed in certain fields that have no experience in it? It's because they're coming in with new lenses. Yeah. They're just looking at it as a business. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I make money? What's my product? What are the things? How do I take care of my clients? That's different. Whereas somebody that has been in that business, like myself as in the financial advisory business for so long, I had opinions. Mm. I had opinions and these opinions were based possibly not in the correct information because I was going from the lenses of my experience at multiple other firms and what worked for them. So what made me so successful in the media business is that I had no experience in it. 
I was yeah. just looking at, yeah. okay, how many, how many, um, how many, my widget, if you will, sure. podcast episode, how do I deliver the best customer experience for who are my customers in this case, the guest, the person that's coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all my audience, those sure. are my two, two main, um, uh, customers. So for the, uh, for the listeners, you know, I, I worked at my craft. I tried to get better every single day, but in all reality, my probably first 300 episodes were terrible. <laughs> maybe my first thousand were bad. I, maybe they're still bad and they're getting better. I don't know. You have to judge for yourself. So you're telling me I still have a shot, huh? I'm only, I'm only like 104 in at this point. Man, I'm telling you that 99% of my clients are better on their second episode than me. They're, they're, I was terrible. I mean, I just, um, I'm just stubborn like you. So I just kept doing it. And I yeah, said, oh, right. I I'm going to get better. Let me read a Howard Stern book. Let me read a this. Let me watch Oprah. Like, let me do something like sure. some information's out there. Let me just see how I get better. No doubt. So that's one thing of taking care of that customer and trying to build that audience. But the second customer that I had, or the, um, which again, would be the person that I was interviewing. So mm-hmm. we got so good at our processes and at our delivery and at like when you were in our show, you see, you get the email, you get this, mm-hmm. you get that, everything. It's a process and it's you can tight. tell yeah. that that's where people invented the products that we now sell and create. They said, Hey, can you help us do this? You obviously know what you're doing. We were sure. planning on helping people launch podcasts. Um, that came about as, as people respecting the fact of how much we treated them, how well we treated them as guests, mm. um, how they were, they just knew immediately they'd been maybe on, um, you know, 20, 30 other podcasts. And they're like, this is different. Like it immediately wow. feels yeah. different. The process is different. The back end, they're like, Whoa, you emailed me the links. Like people don't normally do that. Like little things that we looked at for like that client journey and experience without even having something per se to sell them. We weren't trying to sell them, um, doing, uh, launching a podcast at this point. Cause we weren't even offering that as a service. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing of just taking it as an operator and thinking about like, what's the best way that I can deliver this product to my customers, whoever they are and whatever part of the client journey that they're at. That's what made us a good, me a good operator was that I didn't know anything about media. If I knew something about media or I'd worked at like big agencies or something else, not saying you can't do this, but I probably would have been a terrible operator in media also because I would have had these like different things in my head about how it should be done. Sure. Or at least not as, as strong of an operator as, as you've ended up being. And, and that's a great point. And, and it is a little bit nuanced, but it, it, it makes sense. I mean, in the businesses that we own, you know, for the most part, we make it a point to, to hire people that, that don't have you know, previous experience and what their role is going to be. We hire based on personality and attitude, knowing we can train them up for the skill that they're going to need for their role. We're looking for people that are hungry, that are motivated, and that see the vision that we have and want to grow with us. And that helps us prevent having a lot of bad attitudes and bad habits that I think we would have to deal with had we decided we're going to go out and look for, you know, experienced people in these various roles that we hire for. So I think it's it's similar in that regard. And um, I, I think a really good point. So I'm, I'm glad that we kind of went there. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. 
even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years, and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today, and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with, and while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. As far as you know, the the podcasting, right? So you've got you've got your podcasting, you've got your book publishing, the other media and, and PR work that you do. So you know, this is pretty big now. Even though you didn't start out wanting to to publish uh, or launch podcasts for for other clients, so you know, I'm curious, what do you have a certain kind of niche in terms of the the types of podcasts that you're helping people launch? Like, who who are your podcast clients, and and maybe even to build on that. Who should be considering, you know, launching a, a podcast, you know, here in 2021? So uh, first off, it, we, we stay in our niche. So business owners, entrepreneurs and executives, that's our okay. thing. So we don't do um, we don't yet. We're not like doing scripted audio like, you know, horror shows. Right. Like yeah. That. Like, yeah. Which, by the way, I have a lot of respect for it's very hard. Um, no I, I bet. Yeah really entertaining. I mean, it's great stuff, great content out there. From a production um, standpoint, I bet it's very challenging. But we do, uh, so again, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives, and really our gambit runs any everything from, uh, from doctors to executives at big firms to people that um, are looking to brand themselves to people that are looking for a lead gen. I mean, it really crosses the gambit to people that are even just looking for newsletter content. They have, they, they're like, you know, if you think about the idea of, and what I think makes the podcast so, so, so um, effective is number one, it's a, it's a really, and people don't talk about this that much. It's an intimate experience. Mm -hmm. So when you think about one to many, all right, so what that means is like, let's say you're the CEO of a company, whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people, when it, when you're, you know, the CEO of a big company, it's very hard 
to, um, to communicate to all of your employees, to communicate to all of your, uh, to communicate to all of your clients, to communicate to all your potential clients, your prospects, to create your brand, um, all these things that you need to do. Um, so think about it this way. You, if you write something, then you're, then you're, you know, it's, it, I'm not saying don't write, but if you're writing something like a little letter, chairman letter, something like that, that's great. But um, when somebody's absorbing that information, they're seeing it, it's on the screen. So that's one way to absorb information. When people listen to podcasts, what, what are they normally doing? They have earbuds in or they have headphones on. They're at the gym, yeah. they're at somewhere else, or maybe they're driving, they're driving their kids to school. Mm-hmm. All of these are very intimate settings to where you can make an emotional connection to somebody that you cannot do in any other manner. I don't care if it's TV. I don't care what else it is. Um, it's because of the time that people listen to it. And it's the way, I mean, if they have, I mean, this may sound kind of funny, but if they have earbuds in their ear and they're listening to you, you are literally <laughs> sitting in their ear. Connected. Yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't get any closer than that. That's what I mean. Like you're literally sitting there. So like, and they're, and they're taking in your content from there. So it really doesn't get any more intimate there. And then, and then all those other special moments there with their kids in their car, like all these other settings, like it's a very unique way to connect with people and to provide value and to really, um, and to really um, state not only your mission or what you're trying to sell, mm-hmm. things like that, but um, to really um, state who you are with your brand and otherwise, because you can't, Put it this way. If you want to be like, uh, you want to have this really polished, this is who I am. And it's not who you are. You might be able to do that for an episode or two or three (laughs) or four, but you sure can't do it for a hundred. Like you, Wes, people know you at this point, the good, the bad, everything in between, they know you. Yeah, it's, it's true. You you know, you can't fake it, but for so long, you know, in something like a podcast, I mean, if, if I think back to my first couple of episodes and even when I was kind of like, you know, figuring out what I wanted, like my, my static intros and outros and things like that to be. I mean, I was literally like, you know, typing out in a word doc. And then, you know, if you were go back and listen to some of the recordings that never, you know, got published, I'm reading and it sounded terrible. And so I finally just figured out, I was like, look, this doesn't need to be polished. You know, that's, that's not me. If you have a conversation with me, it's, it's, you know, off the cuff conversation or whatever. Uh, so when I finally got comfortable with that, I, I like to think at least the, the quality of, of the podcast, you know, went up because it, I wasn't forcing it. Right. It was just more, more natural. So those are, those are all valid points, right? So, so your focus is, you know, business owners and, and, um, you know, entrepreneurs for the most part, and, and really there, there could be any number of reasons to, to have a podcast, but it, what it really comes down to is, is building a brand, and and connecting at a more intimate level with whoever it is you're trying to connect with. 100%. And the other thing that I, I like to tell people is don't get caught up in the uh, in the numbers. So that's what I think kills people the most. They're like, oh, I got 50 downloads on this episode. I got 100. I got, you know, 150. The thing about a podcast, and this is something that's just so interesting to me, is Think about your network and your circle of people that are around you. When you mm-hmm. start your podcast initially, the most likely people to listen to your podcast are going to be people you know. Yep. So if you have a network of people that you want to know, um, then those 50 podcast downloads, you don't know who's exactly listening to them, but those 50 downloads could be more valuable to you than somebody, some influencer with a million downloads, depending oh. on what your product is, depending on what your thing is, and depending on what kind of message you have. Because we've gotten, even when we first started out, we were getting um, pretty large clients and I would think about it and I'd be like, what, that episode only had like 30 downloads. How did that like, 
how'd somebody listen? The point is you don't have to figure that part out. All you have to do is think about the content you're developing and be your authentic self. The rest of it, like people will be attracted to you based off the content that you put out. So it's, it's the, it's the nuts and bolts of um, inbound content marketing, if you will, mm -hmm. the more, that's the technical term, but the more important thing is just how you provide value, like what kind of value you're going to put out in the world. And, and you'll just attract whether you believe in it or not, a karma law of attraction, um, sure. things out, adding value, whatever your words are for it. Yeah. Um, it just works. Law of reciprocation. Who knows? Maybe some people came on the show and did do business with us just because they're happy that we did something for them. I don't know. Sure. Um, but I don't have to ask that question. All I know is that it works. And, um, and us as a company, it, it goes with our ethics. And the more episodes we put out, the bigger it gets. And um, I, I, a lot of episodes recorded, Wes, but man, I'm excited. Every new episode is a new person. It's a new individual to touch. It's a new yep. message to share with the world. Like never gets old. That's the other thing about the podcast. Never gets old. Well, I can feel your enthusiasm and I love it. And, and I'm glad you you made that point, right? About not getting too caught up in the numbers. I've been guilty of that myself, right? And and I don't, you know, have like, you know, the most impressive download numbers and, and things like that, that, that you would see out there in podcasts. But, you know, I, I've been fairly specific about who I want my audience to be. And so what I try to focus on is adding value to them. And, and putting myself in their shoes, you know, what are they going to want to hear, you know, putting it out there, what do you want to have me talk about who are guests that you'd like to have me come on the podcast, but, but I, I think it's a, a good reminder, because I, I think that could even keep people from wanting to move forward with starting a podcast, because like one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you know, it's 2021 podcasting's, you know, th there's, I mean, you probably know better than I do, but thousands and thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there today. And I'm sure it's daunting. I know it was for me, you know, when I was thinking of starting a podcast, I'm like, there's already so many out there. How am I even going to be a blip on the radar? So, you know, it sounds like you're saying it's not something you need to worry about. Focus on creating good content that's going to add value for your audience and, and just build it slow. But like with anything, you'll get momentum and, and it'll keep growing as long as you keep putting good, authentic content out there. Well, well, it's also context. So let me let me reframe something for you, um, because uh, I, I don't agree with your premise is what it comes down to. So okay. um, if you knew like year two or three or four that YouTube was going to be what it's going to be, would you have started a channel back then? That's a rhetorical question. You absolutely would have started a channel. There are already yes. thousands, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of channels. Podcasting is like in year two or three of where YouTube was. When you think about the aggregators, when you think about like Apple, when you think about like Spotify, when you think about the streaming wars, when you think about Amazon, all of our podcasts are on Audible now. When you think about all these things, um, no other form of content. You put out one, one, by the way, we have many YouTube channels, so I'm not mm -hmm. nothing against YouTube, but you put out one, one video on YouTube and guess what? It's on one channel. You put out one blog post, guess what? It's on one channel, your blog right? You put out mm -hmm. one episode, it might be on 20 or 30 different channels. And some of these are big, like Apple and Spotify and, and Audible, as I just mentioned from Amazon. So we are like just starting in the podcast game that Audible just started ad adding podcasts yeah. like not even a year ago. Yeah. So like, and I was in that initial like beta phase of that. So like when you say like, there's all these other podcasts, this, that, no, we're in like year two or three of YouTube. And for people that don't understand that, don't know what that means, um, you're going to look back and, you know, 10, 15 years and you're going to be like, 
man, I should have listened to Adam when I was watching that episode. He was right. I'm on year two or three of YouTube. Why didn't I do this? So, so we're just beginning in podcasting. And the other thing about it is, don't quote me exactly on this, but there's only like 2 million, maybe there's 3 million now podcasts out there. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing because all the numbers for audio and what people are listening to are skyrocketing as a format. You look at things like Clubhouse. So we're recording this mm-hmm. in, uh, in 2021 in May. Um, so Clubhouse hasn't been out that long and it's Mm-mm. exploding, already has a billion dollar valuation. Why? It's audio. Yeah. So what, what's really happening here is history is just repeating itself. Think of the radio industry. What happened? You know, 20,000, 30,000 different radio towers go up because people have radios in their home. So we already know that human beings like to absorb content in this matter. Now it's just going to a format that's updated from the radio. That's all it is. So the consumption and then the worldwide consumption patterns, we just happen to be lucky, you know, obviously that some of our content is big in other places. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just going to keep on skyrocketing, especially as more and more developing countries are having English spoken in the school and otherwise, however, that's going, I mean, different countries different things and this isn't a a political stance on my end i just mean i speak english so if somebody wants to listen to me abroad and they speak english there's a more likelihood they'll listen assuming they want to understand you yeah no well look that's that's amazing context and and i agree i haven't even thought through it to to that level i i've come to understand some of this since starting my own podcast but so I'm, i'm really glad you took the time to to kind of walk us through that because I totally agree with you. I, I think there's a lot of people out there that without hearing that type of an explanation and getting that type of context would have thought about it exactly the way I did, you know, 16 months ago when I was contemplating whether to start a podcast or not, because if you kind of just stand back and look at it to the average person. There's a crap load of podcasts out there. And how do I get started? And how do I even, you know, get on the radar of anyone? Mm-hmm. But that type of context, you know, I think really does a good job of, of showing just what what the opportunity is and how we are, you know, still kind of in the infancy of, of podcasting and what it can ultimately be. So, you know, hopefully that's encouraging to anyone out there that, you know, has been thinking about a podcast and, and, you know, the thought of it's just been daunting. Um, and, and if you want to get started, then, you know, now you've got the guy that, that has the team behind him to, to help you launch the, the podcast and get it going. What about, what about with publishing? So give us some of the same type of context when it comes to, to book publishing. So one quick thing about that, getting started in a podcast and I'll, I'll get right into the book, but I just, but I want people to know, like, like, even if you don't use an agency, like I'm not, I don't want you to think I'm biased here. Don't use an agency. If you've just wanted to, wanted to launch a podcast, just go out and do it. I recorded my first 300 episodes using my iPhone and my iPhone headphones. Hmm. Not best audio, wasn't even uh, the editing, wasn't even like the no compressor, no condensers, nothing. I just put it out there. And I, and I, I actually no longer, now that we're a bigger company, I no longer recommend this platform. And there's some nuances, do your own research on this. But um, I started on Anchor. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only, I'll just tell you one quick tidbit of why we don't use it. You don't know your subscriber base. So it's free, it's good. And I'm not plugging any other companies, but you don't know your subscriber base. So if you have 20 subscribers on Apple or 2000, you won't know. So we needed that data for our business model. But anyway, we started on Anchor 
And, um, and it was like, we just started doing them and we grew an audience. We grew a fan base. We grew all of that, not by our, the quality of our production. We didn't have an editing team. It was just me. So I would record mm. an episode. I would upload it in between another episode. I would do the other thing. And I was like, literally one man band in it, putting out 10 episodes myself, zero editing, no nice intro, outro, no fancy anything. And we built an audience. Audio is very forgiving. So mm. if you're sitting back at home and you're thinking about like, oh, what mic do I need? Or what do I this or that? The perfect setup in the world, like a beautiful setup like Wes is like, that's not going to get you an audience. What's going to get you an audience is recording and putting it out and listening to your audience and then going at it again. So just start, even if you don't have an agency, professional production, anything else. Our first launch podcast, Money Matters Top Tips is still out there. There's like 1500 episodes or 1300 episodes or so. Um, uh, it took me a total of 45 minutes to launch that. And I think I like went to go like grab a sandwich in between from the refrigerator. So it probably took 20 <laughs> minutes to do it. So just so you know, so if you're making excuses, just go get it done, whatever, just go do it. Like start today, like go yeah. anchor, go. If you don't have the 20 bucks for another place, it doesn't matter. Go. But if you have the 20 bucks, use another like hosting platform, like Ellipsin or like Buzzsprout or things like that, just as a side note. Um, sure. It'll save you if you're going to be serious about this down the line. Um, but if not, just use Anchor, whatever, doesn't matter. And just, just get started. Clear, we used Anchor and we started over. We started over from scratch after that. So you can even start over a second time. Doesn't matter, but you have to record the episodes. If you don't do that, nobody can listen to it. And then you can't grow an audience. So yeah. I, ha I had to get that out there. Wes. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm glad you did because it's it's such good advice and it, and it's so similar to to advice that comes up on this show from from other successful entrepreneurs because you know you, you got so many people that are right there on the verge of of taking that leap into to entrepreneurship whether it's you know involves a podcast or not but that you know the easiest excuse a lot of times is well I'm I'm not quite ready you know it's it's not it's not quite, you know, right yet. And it's like, stop looking for perfection and just start taking action. So very good point. And, uh, and, and no, thank you for bringing that up. And, and I, so I would imagine same thoughts around writing a book, right? It, start writing. If you have this idea of starting uh, writing a book, is that kind of the same advice you would give? Just, just get started or, or would you take a different approach with a book than with a podcast? Well, uh, my, so my first book was written on my phone. So I don't know why. Why? Because we have phones. So I dictated it. So I literally had some app called Dragon. I think now there's free apps and all that stuff. Maybe Google even does it. But I Probably. literally spoke my first book. Huh. Um, I spoke my first book. I was on a train traveling on a speaking tour. And I just spoke it in between. And the only reason why like, I was really doing it is because one of the people that I was on the other tour, he's like, you don't have a book? And I'm like, no. He's like, why not? You have a great story. Um, he's heard me speak. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, next day I'm on a train and I'm like, well, now's as good a time as any. And I just, I downloaded an app and then I started speaking my book and just started telling stories into it. Now, um, I happen to have had the budget to be able to hire editors and stuff like that. So the content's good. Why I, why I slipped on the graphic design i'll never know but whatever reason i thought that was the easy part that I, that was a big mistake in retrospect but um, yep. they didn't have so this is you know five years ago so like sure. even some of the other services and things like that like it is a process to have a professionally published book like we do now but 
Um, going back, so if you have the budget, I 100% say spend it and do it professionally, unlike the podcast, because the podcast, you're going to be doing that over and over. It's a craft. It's a moving target. Your show might change. You might start off with monologues. Then you want to do roundtables. Then you want to do interviews. Mm-hmm. Then you want to do lessons. I mean, it's a craft. Um, the book, it's a, even though it can be revised, you can put out different editions. You can do things like that. It's such a process yeah. that you want to really do it right the first time if you can. And I don't mean the writing part. I mean the editing and the other things. So whether you hire a ghostwriter, whether you write it yourself, all those things are fine. I mean the actual packaging, like cover design, um, things like, do you know what, a, do you know what a, a developmental editor is? Do you know, so the person that helps you develop the content, do you know what a copy editor is? Like those little nuances um, can mean the difference between you having a book that ages really well and one mm. that is kind of more like a paperweight and possibly an expensive paperweight if <laughs> yeah. you didn't put it together right. So it's not, I agree with the like, just start writing part, yes. Um, but the second part of it is um, if you have any budget or if you don't have any budget, you might have a service like barter with a company, like do something, but like get a professional editor in there. Maybe you're, you have a friend that's a lawyer, like get somebody to edit it, right? Like get a couple people, get sure. leaders, like that part of it, you don't want to rush um, because if you do it kind of, um, it, you can, you, it, it can, you, I still say any book's better than no book, um, but it's just, there's so many ways if you take a little bit more time and put it out the product you'll just be happier with the end result that's all um but either way just to be really clear my first book was uh just for lead gen i was i had a wealth management firm right um and it was an again ugly cover book so do i think that like i and i and my initial marketing strategy was just to hand them out so i hand them out so i Mm. figured if i had a like a little plastic pen and a little piggy bank at a trade show booth and I'm trying to get clients, that's going to cost me four or $5 to produce anyway. If I have a book, that's going to cost me four or $5 from Amazon just to like print on demand. I was like, yeah, people don't throw away books. So I handed out, you know, tons of books, um, well over a thousand or two that first year. And guess wow. what? I got clients. And I don't think just to be really clear, I don't have an ego like this. I would argue a lot of those clients that I got didn't read the book they had it, <laughs> and I was on their mind and they're like, that's and right. They, they took it home. One particular person I know took it home. He's a lawyer over in Century City, took it home, put it on his desk. His wife asked him, who's who? What's that? Where'd you get that from? He's like, ah, some guy who wants to manage our money. And let's just say that the wife sold that one for me. Uh, she had a stern talking about the, how they've been wanting to do the estate plan for years. He's put it off and she put her foot down on that one. Did he, did he even crack open that book? No. <laughs> did I get a call the next day? Yes. And he told me the story. He said, my wife said, we have to get this done. Enough's enough. So when, when can we meet? So even like any book is still better than no book, just to be clear. Like now being a professional publisher, maybe I'm biased. I like the quality of good editing and other things like that. But even any book is better than no book. Well, I think it it adds a sense of credibility, right? You know, if if you have a book in in people's minds, you're you're more credible than someone that does what you do that doesn't have a book. Uh, You know, I, I think for most people, but no, you make, you make a good point in that. Yeah. I liked what you said earlier when you said audio is very forgiving, you know, printed pages are, it's more permanent. Like you said, you can do revisions, but it's a timely, probably very expensive process. And, and you're not going to be able to just like start over uh, like you can with your next podcast episode. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point. I mean, get started if, if a book is what you want to do, but don't rush the process. Um, you know, go about it the right way. If you can afford to don't cut corners so that, you know, the end result is a high quality 
book that then you can really, you know, leverage and, and however you want to. So, so I would imagine the audience uh, or the, the clients that you work with on the publishing side is, is pretty similar to on the podcasting side. Well, we have uh, two different sets of clients there. So we have uh, clients that really, again, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. And uh, we have some clients that really don't have time to do a book. Like they want to, they want the branding, they want the marketing. And so we have a co-author program um, here where we've published quite a few people in different niches. Um, we have a business leaders book. We have a woman in business book. We have a diversity book. And what we do is we bring together a group of authors. Um, so business uh, leaders, anywhere between 15 to 20. And then we put them all in the same book. And we have that process down to where either between our ghostwriters or between um, if somebody wants to write it themselves. But if somebody comes to us and say they want to work with a ghostwriter, they want everything done and they want to be part of the book. I mean, we have that process down to where somebody can become a published author all the promo, all the PR, everything done within two hours. And that's years of, of uh, working on this process and honing our and honing our craft, but two hours. Then two hours. Very two hours. And it's their story. Um, everything's um, their words. Um, again, that's that's our little secret sauce. Um, and all the promo, everything on the back end, we do everything. So um, that that's been one of our really um, big things. Again, for you know, executives who don't they don't have time. They have to get the yeah. story out. They have other things to do. They, or you're an entrepreneur, you just got funded and you got all these other things that you're balls you're juggling and now somebody tells you you have to think about branding or you have to think about telling your story and you, you got to think about it but you're like what i don't have time to do that i don't have time to do these other 500 things that i need to do like what's this so we've we've really created a turnkey solution for that um and then um on the other side of things, we have those that, you know, they, they want a full book themselves. So that, that right. can run the gambit. So some people just use us for the editing and the, and the distribution or other things like that. Some people use us for the ghostwriting. I mean, um, which is very, um, which is just for a side note for anybody that's watching this, that's like, Oh, I want to write my own book. Oh, I want to like, I don't want to use a ghostwriter. Guess what? Look at any going to any like Amazon, look at any top thing. And if you really think that any president or any person <laughs> of power that's at a high level or celebrity either had the time, knowledge or know how to write that book. I mean, come on, really? Like, yeah, they, they really sat down and wrote that book. But this is the thing is that it's still their words. So just to be really clear, stories aren't made up. It takes interviews. It takes, there's a process, but it's still authentically their work. It's just saying that they're working on it with somebody and they're doing the heavy lifting. So just to be really clear. So um, in the past, the idea of using a ghostwriter and not using a ghostwriter, I do both. Um, just to be clear, I, I write books and I write for myself and I write posts and I do things and I have a ghostwriter. So we do both over here for me. So just to be really clear, do I feel bad about that? No, because they're my words. I'm directing the content. I'm doing the interviews. I'm still putting it together. So that's just for anybody that's being held back by um, by thinking that they want to do a book, but maybe they don't have the time. Um, you have the time. You just have to think about um, how you want to get it done. Because if you're going to just sit there and say, I'm going to save my book for when I retire and I have all this other time where I do an exit in my business or all these other things, I'm not saying don't do that if you're stage of your career. But what, I'm all, what I am saying is that you're missing out like now, because there's a big, big power of delivering your message and content, not just for branding, not just for um, potential lead gen, or if you're raising a series of, of capital or all these other things that we both know books and branding work for. But I just mean for sharing your message with the world. 
there's other people that are going through with things maybe similar than you're going through right now or that you've gone through in the past that they could benefit from. Like Wes doing this show today and bringing me on and having me tell a story, like they're like, he's putting, we're, we're creating something to help people and to go out into the universe. Your book, think about it the same way. Like that's the main thing. So I, to me, that's that's encouraging, right? Because I, I was always one of those that kind of thought of ghostwriting as like, oh, that's that's the lazy way to write a book. But but, you know, it makes sense, like, you know, ex-presidents and, you know, ex-Navy SEALs and some of these guys, they've got other things going on. Imagining them sitting down and typing every single word and organizing it, uh, it, it makes sense. And for me, like if, if I were to really think about putting a book out, the thought of having to sit down, organize my thoughts, type everything out, have the flow of the book and, and the way that would read best, I'd never, I would never do it because that's just not, but, but I can tell stories all day long, right? So if I can just sit down and you know, start sharing stories with someone that can then, like you said, do the heavy lifting, now that's, that's something that, that I would be... Uh, be excited about. So um, I, I think that's interesting. And, and so you've got the option for kind of the co-publishing and then, you know, someone that's just, just writing their own book. And then basically any of the, the services that go with the publishing, they, they would kind of just pick and choose what they want to work with you guys for. Yeah, no, absolutely. So full, full publishing company. And, uh, and I guess the interesting thing about the, the ghostwriter otherwise is that think about like some of your favorite entrepreneurs that are out there and think about like the, the books they've put out there. Would we rather like, you know, XYZ entrepreneur have perfected their product and their company or sit down to write that book? Like I want them innovating. I want them yeah. like, I want to <laughs> right? be on their team. Like I'll, I'd rather read their Twitter posts than, uh, and see what's going on. I want, I want another rocket launched. I don't want somebody sitting back and being reflective and contemplating like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then, so really the, the PR services that you do at admission matters, does that just kind of come in behind the, the podcast that you're helping to launch and the books that you're helping to publish to, to get them out there? Or do you also have clients that you work with just, just on PR, even if they haven't published a book with you or launched a podcast with you? Well, definitely. So a uh, full PR agency, and that just came about, uh, you know, years and years of doing this media thing. We have, we have lists of media outlets. We have relationships with the big distribution um, players, obviously the wire services, all that stuff. Um, but where, where the real, I, I like to say, where the real, um, the real test of a PR firm is, is how they craft your story, how they present that to the world and also the follow-up behind it. Like, mm -hmm. so anybody can write, I, I will say this, not everybody else will say this. Anybody can write a press release, go online, Google, submit a press release, hit send, and then boom, it's done. Right. Like that's one thing. And, you know, and if that's where the level that you're at or where you're at, then that's great. Like do that. But in order to craft that story, unless that's your business, unless you're thinking about like what type of campaign that's going with, unless you're integrating that with your overall um, marketing efforts, what happens is um, you, don't, you don't get a full picture there especially over time because PR mm. builds over time. So I would challenge anybody to, uh, I shouldn't say challenge. I would say, just do it. Um, just Google Adam Torres mission matters, like Google it. And you will see the difference between maybe some of the other people that you've Googled in the past and, um, and how our methodical approach to PR has worked um, not only for our clients, but for us, 
So like, I don't know if you know the term West, but uh, you know, eat your own dog food. Like mm-hmm. that's what we're doing all day, day in and day out. Like we don't do strategies that we don't know haven't worked. And how do they, how do we know they work? Cause we did it for us. We did it for me. We did it for our company. So that's the same thing that we bring to our clients. I love that. And that's a fresh approach. I've worked with PR companies over the years and uh, a lot of times it's a one size fits all approach. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it gets stale, you know, it, it may have some short-term benefits, but uh, not the, the long lasting benefits like you're talking about. So um, anything else that, that you'd like the audience to know about mission matters? You know, I'm curious, where do you see this going from here? I mean, what's, what's the vision for where you want to take this beyond just, you know, helping more entrepreneurs and business owners tell their stories through your platforms, mm-hmm. you know, any other verticals that, that you see yourself getting into or other services that, that you see yourself offering? So I'll, I'll tell you, we have this conversation often and really the, uh, the trickiest thing to do for most companies, which we're not having, uh, I mean, myself and Shirag, we have a laser set focus on this. The tricky thing is that when companies get bigger or when they start having a success in one thing, either they want to spread themselves too thin or they, um, they maybe forget the people that got them there. So at a size of company where we're at, you know, we're hitting numbers when our third website in three years, our numbers across the board are going up next year, we'll be in our fourth iteration of the website traffic's up, everything's up. Right. So the, the um, thing that, you know, some companies might misstep is forgetting their core audience. So let's just say, for example, if I, I'm, in, I'm in Hollywood, if I wanted to all of a sudden, you know, have a bunch of celebrities on the platform, do things like that. Like mm. if that was our new thing, we probably get more clicks on Facebook, right? We probably get more views short term, um, maybe even long term, who knows, but we know that our core audience of business owners, entrepreneurs and executives, we don't want to be one more media outlet that Mm. gets too big. And then we don't have and when I say too big, I don't mean in terms of views, I mean, getting too big while losing vision and sight to where we then go in another direction to take advantage of the platform. And we see a lot of social media like platforms that do this, like, for example, not calling anybody out, but you build a business page <clears throat> and all of a sudden you can't, you post something and you can't get any reach on your business page unless what, unless you pay for it. Right. That's right. So that's yeah. like, it's, yeah. not, it's not a good feeling. Like people spend a lot of time and money on building those things and building their audience and a lot of effort. So to do that and flip a switch, it's not only not authentic, but it hurts, you know? So we don't want to be a platform like that. So our mission and our goal is to continue to showcase the, we don't want to be a news outlet, like a local news or something else that um, just kind of goes by the wayside because maybe they're not monetized properly or all these other things that play. So again, I'm not, I'm not downing any of the other, these other platforms or some of the business decisions that they had to make, but in the way that we develop new products and everything else we do, we're staying really consistent showcasing, amplifying the stories of business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives, how we do that, um, what, what kind of product we integrate to do that and to lift up the value of what we offer. Like, for example, now we offer a VIP interview on our mm-hmm. platform. We didn't always do that. Um, but we saw over time that, you know, our advertising dollars versus, um, you know, cost versus everything else, we had to come up with a premium offer for a different type of interview for a different type of video service. But again, this isn't just one of those things that say, oh, we have numbers. I'm an influencer. I'm this like pay us. No, what used to take us one to two people to put a piece of content out for that VIP product, it takes 10 people to put out one episode. 
So just to be clear, when it comes to the, the, the writing, the editing, the press release that comes with it, um, the video interview, the production side, and I'm not even actually uh, counting my time because my time I feel is just the company's time, which again, Michael Gerber would probably say that's different in the book. So yeah. uh, don't do that. That's still an error as an operator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I'm there, everyone. I'm still trying. We're all trying, right? Um, but those type of things. So what's next for us is really just finding different ways to link up with, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives that really have a passion for, for their product, what they're doing. It's, it's finding new partnerships, finding sponsors, um, finding brands to align with that have Mm. um, similar missions and really just elevating the business community as a whole. So as we take our spot and mature in the media and the media world, and also in the eyes of our fans, and as time passes, is just to be more responsible and to continue around that path of thinking about how we can add more value. Well, I love that. I, I like I said at the top of the episode, I love the mission, love what you guys are doing, and uh, you know, credit to you for kind of sticking sticking to your vision and uh, not forgetting the the audience that you know has helped you get to where you are. So. Um, our vision real quick, our vision, the other co-founder, Chirac Cigar, I can't, I can't, man, without that guy, this does not get done. That's the, we're the one, two punch, if you will. So our vision there. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Um, and, uh, and, and always good to have a a partner like that. And, and I would imagine he's more the, the behind the scenes guy, whereas you're kind of the, the face of the business. Is that, is that a accurate description? I mean, you say that. What I like to say is he makes me do things. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do it. And he's like, Adam, do it. I'll give you an example. Um, our TikTok page. He's like, Adam, just do TikTok. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, Adam, you didn't want to do the podcast. Look what happened. And I'm like, all right. So he's been bugging me for a year to do TikTok. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do TikTok. So I started doing videos and our TikTok, it's, 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 it's like, I'm like, what? We got like 700 views and like a what we got like the numbers it just wild isn't it yeah it's just because organic reach is there like whether you like a platform you don't like a platform just like people listen if you don't like a podcast you don't have to like a podcast but guess what nowhere else are you going to get one piece of content picked up by 20 different platforms ain't gonna happen (laughs) just doesn't happen period you don't like tiktok i don't care if you don't like tiktok guess what you're not getting organic reach on instagram you're not getting it on facebook you're spending all this time and money on like getting a hundred views you post a little 10 second video with zero production value on tiktok and boom you got a thousand views yeah (laughs) one of one of the franchisees and and one of the brands that we own uh posted a video on tiktok recently and it it got over a million views within like 24 hours or something like that you're not going to get i mean to your point you're not going to get that on on any of these other platforms instagram or facebook how good your content is or the quality just to be clear the cards are stacked against you so if you're living in the like and if you're living in the uh youtube or you know second like way when it started or facebook and you've been wanting to do facebook for 10 years i'm not saying don't do it but now it's pay to play like you got to pay for that if you want reach and that's just it I don't care how good your production value is. You're not going to get the reach. Yes. If you're banking on a viral post, even if you have that viral post, what happens is somebody's going to go to your platform, see all the rest of the posts don't have anything on it, and they're still going to move away. Yeah. So it's still a concerted effort and still have to have the numbers across the board, and it's still an investment. So TikTok, Clubhouse, those are the two I like right now. Lots of organic traffic, um, mm-hmm. free traffic. Um, combine that with your paid traffic, you'll probably be better off in the long term. Yeah, agreed. I've I've spent a lot more time on Clubhouse than I have TikTok, but you know, 
understanding I need to, to get more involved with TikTok, but interested to see where both of those platforms go, you know, as they up right now, uh, I don't for business. No. Got it. Okay. No, I don't, um, I don't have it for business either. I just have a personal one. Do people normally do business? I'm just curious. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have either. Actually, my wife has a TikTok, so she'll always text me like videos that uh, she thinks are funny and, and I can pull them up, but I don't have an account. Um, here's but, how to do it, Wes, right now. Just so you know, when you put it on, just grab that thing in the middle of the interview, do whatever you want to do, or after an interview, give one tip. That's it. That's all my ooh, content now. I just like, really? when you're done with this, I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to take less than 10 minutes. I'm going to say, man, I was just doing an interview and this is what I learned. 15 seconds done, put it up. Don't worry about it. Love it. That's gold right there. That's a good little nugget. I, I've learned a lot talking to you, but that that's uh, an easy to, to implement uh, tip right there. So appreciate that. Um, what else? What else do you want to share with the audience before we put a bow on this one? Oh man, I just want to say if you're out there and you're and you're uh, and you're thinking about what's next, um, do that podcast. Easy so easy do it for free do it whatever whatever way you got to do it like just do it don't you don't have to have video you don't have to be fancy like wes um you just have to do it <laughs> if like, only you, you know, could see <laughs> did it on my headphones remember headphones i'm talking about not even the nice earbuds the like no no cord ones i'm talking yeah. about the original iphone 6 long like i think i unraveled them there was some probably some lint on my headphones when i was recording <laughs> that first you know 10 i didn't even know there was like lint in my ear it doesn't matter like like just do it record the episode get it done put it out and share it with your with your family share it with your mom your dad somebody's gonna listen to you. your mom will give you a hug your dad they're gonna be like, oh this is great my son my daughter it's great like whatever you have to do just get it done here on the path to freedom podcast we call it dropping in just drop in and uh i think that's great advice and uh real quick before i let you go uh want to make sure everyone knows where they can hear all the podcasts learn more about all the services that Mission uh, Matters provides, where can they connect with you? Give us the rundown on that. We'll make sure it all gets posted in the show notes as well. So uh, this is what I would say. So my ask, uh, go to missionmatters.com. We're always looking for guests. So we yep. want to share stories. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, and if you have a story to tell, I welcome you to apply to come on the show. It's really simple. Um, just go to the website, click on Be Our Guest, big banner at the top, um, fill out the form, and our producers will take a look at what you submit as a potential show topic. And if you're chosen, um, then, you, then you'll get a response within a week or so, just inviting you on to the show. And if you're not chosen for whatever reason, um, there's also um, a way for you to enter a contest. So every single week we do a free giveaway. It doesn't cost anything to enter, nothing like that. Um, and you get the information for that contest after you submit an application. It doesn't cost anything to enter. And we, we draw that every single week. So I say you got, you got, if you don't get chosen for the show, you got 52 more chances uh, to enter the rest of the year. So all good there. I love it. We'll post all that in the show notes. And if you don't get on Adam's show, you can probably get on mine because I don't get nearly the number of uh, requests on a monthly basis that uh, that Mission Matters is getting. So I don't have the, the luxury of being quite as selective. But um, no, it was an easy process for me. I mean, I went through the exact process that Adam just described, had a blast going on the podcast. They do a phenomenal job. As he mentioned, the team behind this is amazing. And then they really had a good push behind it, uh, you know, promoting it and everything. So Really appreciate the opportunity, Adam, and, and thanks so much for joining me. 
Before I let you go, I have four very quick. I call this my lightning round. It's the same four questions I ask to every single guest that comes on the podcast. So if I can keep you for like 30 seconds more, I'd love to have you hit these with me real quick. Let's do it. Lightning round. Come lightning on. round. First question is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? That could be in business or in life. Really just get started with what you have. Like just get started now. Maybe I'm, I'm probably butchering the Theodore Roosevelt quote, but I read that as a kid and I'm like, I looked around, I'm like, I got a rake. I can rake some leaves. Maybe I can make some money. And I started knocking on doors, like just get started now. And I, I do that now when was a testament. Um, I started the podcast. I had a phone. I had some headphones, some Apple iPhones or headphones. And I, I started. Yeah. Don't overthink it. I love it. Uh, do you have any sort of a morning routine? Anything you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Man, I love a morning routine. I don't have one currently. And if I had one, I'd probably be more successful. I have, I, I fall off that morning routine wagon. Sometimes I'm uh, me like, too, man. Me too. It's horrible, it's... But that's just, it's just, I, I wasn't always like this. And the worst part about not having the morning routine, Wes, is that in the past, my best, most productive, and sometimes highest earning years in the past were when I had that morning routine, everything in life fit. And now, for now I don't know why I'm being hardheaded. Adam, wake <laughs> up, do the freaking morning routine. I've been, if it makes you feel any better, I've been having the same conversation with myself. My, my morning routine is called having a five month old. So it got, it got thrown way out of whack about five months ago, oddly enough. So trying to get back on, but uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, I, you know, it really helps me get locked in, stay laser focused. And, and I can definitely, you know, track success with, you know, having good habits and routines in general, but for me kicking off the morning, right. And that's why I like to ask this question to, to everyone that comes on the podcast. Cause I love, you know, hearing what others do to, to set themselves up for a successful day. Um, we've already talked about the e-myth, one of my favorite books, uh, curious, what book are you reading right now? If you're, if you're reading a book right now, Oh, man. So uh, I might sound completely uh, biased and self-promotional on this one, Wes, but I, I love our products, man. Our books, we're always in production, especially as I mentioned. So we have those the co-authored books where you sure. get together 15 to 20 different authors. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is I get to like, I, I'm the final read. So after the editors, everything else, my name's on this. So of course I read it. Sure. Um, I'm the final read. So we have our next business leaders edition coming out and I've been reading the chapters of those and it just doesn't get any better. Better. Like each chapter, every single thing, it's a story. I mean, some of the examples of the people that we've published in the past, I mean, we've published we published um, uh, the former CFO of Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, huge um, coffee company. Um, we, we, we published uh, real estate syndicators, raised over half a billion dollars. I mean, the list wow. goes on and on and on. So the type of people, and then it's not, I, I like to use this word, it's not an elitist book. So we've also published, I mean, one of my favorite stories was about a woman who who um, after she left the after she left the armed services as a veteran, uh, she started helping other entrepreneurs and other veterans become entrepreneurs, and she launched a business. So she's you know a smaller company, but it's one of my favorite stories. So it's not just about how much money you've made or sure. like have you exited for a billion or this or that. No, it's human stories. It's other things too. So there's always going to be people at different spectrums of their journey, and we want to connect with everyone. So my favorite book I'm reading right now is not even out yet, which is our business leaders edition of mission matters volume five but for those watching all the other volumes go on amazon type in adam torres or mission matters and you'll see more books than you than you uh, ever wanted to possibly <laughs> i mean it's a good point you've got almost an endless flow of books coming across your desk you know before they uh they go to print i suppose so 
No, I, I love that answer. So final question is, what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? Man, I, I, I looked, I listened to that question, Wes, and you gave it to me to prep for, and I was thinking about it. And I, I can't authentically say that I have a legitimate definition of freedom. Even as I reflected back on it, I don't have one at this point. And am I living it? If I don't have a definition of it, I'm going to go with no, I'm not living it. Um, my, my goal at this point in my life, in my stage of life. So again, not for anybody else. I'm not judging if you have, you have one or don't have one. I'm just telling you about me. I don't think I have one yet, but my goal is really just to try to be as, as, as authentic and purpose-driven and just to stay as laser focused as I can on our mission over here. And the rest of it, maybe sometimes like the morning routine, right? So maybe I'm not taking care of myself always in certain ways that I should. Um, maybe those other things aren't happening. And, you know, every new hire we have, we're a small company. There's only 11 of us at this point, but, you know, I think about the days when there's going to be 1100 mm. and it's like those pressures of growing and a business business and these other things and numbers and all this. I mean, it's tough. So am I, am I, um, am I free? No, possibly not. Maybe I don't have a definition of that, but yeah. am I purpose driven? Am I living an authentic life? Am I happy? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hey, I think that's a fair answer. I love it. And, and, you know, I, everyone has a different definition of freedom and, and that's why I like to ask the question because, you know, I think we're all working towards different things in, in life. And so I think, you know, as long as you feel like you're on the right path, that itself is, is freedom to an extent. So, um, Adam can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the, the podcast. Thanks for everything that you're doing. I, I really, really, uh, uh, admire, you know, what, what you and the rest of the team at mission matters is doing. It's, it's an inspiration. So keep up the good work and, uh, really appreciate you dropping in here on the path to freedom podcast. Oh man. Thank you, Wes. And uh, now you have an accountability partner. I better see these, these, these episodes keep on cranking out and I better see, I can't wait till you get to that thousand. Obviously let's get you to a couple hundred first, but we're gonna get you to a thousand to 10,000. I'm gonna be bugging you in 30 years. Like Wes, dude, no episode. Come on. Hey, I love it. Please hold me accountable. And uh, we'll talk sometime too about, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it would make sense for me to work with you guys and, and help get this podcast out to, to more people. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2.com frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at path, the number two frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.